0: But when I think about the rumors about Paris Hilton, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I just really don't hate the Rony reboot because you're bringing in women that are a bit younger, that are fresh faces. How long are we going to watch women in their 50, late 50s and 60s argue? I feel like every single franchise could do very well doing something similar. <sighs> This This is is not not just another housewife podcast. (sighs) Celebrity gossip consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Bray, and this is the Oops, I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the final episode of Oops, I Gossiped Again of 2022. Now, while this episode feels like this momentous moment, I'm still really a baby. This is only episode, I think, five or six, but it's the last one of 2022. So it kind of makes it that much bigger. I will apologize ahead of time. I'm not sure if it'll come up on audio, but my neighbors have been cutting trees right next to my house. Since eight o'clock this morning. No matter where I go in my house to record right now, I usually record in my office, and that is right next to where they are cutting. I have tried multiple different places in my house, and you can still hear it everywhere I go. So I apologize if you hear the annoying, consistent sound of a chainsaw. There's nothing I can do about it. This has been going on all week long. And now today, of course, they are working on the trees directly next to my house. And the fact that while I was getting ready, all of this was happening right next to my bathroom and I'm seeing branches come down by my bathroom window, I honestly thought that I was going to be a tree falling on my house casualty. But so far, I am good, but unfortunately, you may hear it in the background, so I do apologize. I did not record a podcast on Monday to release on Tuesday this week because with Christmas on Sunday, Christmas Day on Sunday, my whole week was off. It felt like Monday was Sunday, and then by Tuesday, when I realized I hadn't recorded it, I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to record another one on Thursday to go out on Friday it just makes more sense to hold off and wait. And honestly, it's nice to have just a little bit of a breather. And quite frankly, there wasn't really a whole lot that was going on in the pop culture Real Housewives this week. Everyone was pretty quiet. I think a lot of people are just taking some time off. This one is a good time to kind of dive into some of the things that were happening this week, some things I talked about on TikTok, as well as dive into some pop culture moments of 2022 that I looked at the list of things. I forgot that a lot of these things even happened. They feel like so long ago. Let's talk things happening in housewives world first. One of the kind of confusing things that did happen over the last 10 days or so has the relationship between Luke and Ashley simmered out. Before Christmas, They were both sharing a lot of things. She had gone to Minnesota. They had done a lot of outside excursions together. And she had actually put a photo of them on her feed on Instagram. Now, this was kind of a big deal because... They had shared each other in stories, but not really there. In that post, Robin Dixing came in at the bottom asking the questions that we're all asking and said, so is this your boyfriend or what? Everyone went wild, really. And Luke was actually on a podcast interview or a radio interview, basically said like it may not work, the logistics of it all and where we live, but we're just having fun for right now. We're enjoying each other's company and so forth. Now I shared after he made that, that I just didn't feel like this relationship, I stand for it. I am totally here for it, but I just didn't feel like it would go long-term. One, because of where they live and two, there are children involved. And I think that people sometimes forget, you know, it's easy to say Luke could move there, but Luke we've seen is very ground in his heritage and not heritage, but where he comes from, his home. He's very proud of being a Midwestern boy. I appreciate that. I commend him for that. And Ashley has two young children. She is not ever legally nor morally, I don't suspect, would take the children from the D.C., Area and moved to Minnesota. So long term, I never really thought that this was going to be something that was going to stick. Again, I like it for now. I think it's fun, but just logistically, it doesn't work. Interestingly enough, after that feed post, after Robin asks, Is this your boyfriend? after that interview comes out, it has sort of been crickets. She removed the photo of her and Luke from her feed. There's nothing there. She hasn't seen him. They haven't been together. She did say that she's going to be with friends in Philadelphia, I believe, for the new year. She did have some things on stories last night. He was not there. None of their group that they had had, you know, they had spent a lot of time with Lindsay and Carl. They were not involved. So it leads me to wonder has something happened since that trip or since that interview or since that posting, they are no longer together. And we may just be looking far too into it and just kind of stepping back and being a little bit more private since they did make those big steps to really address it and bring it to light. It seems like it's crickets and maybe it happened quicker than we thought. I wish that they you know, could work things out. I don't believe that they ever really could. While we're talking about Potomac, There's some things that we need to talk about with Juan Dixon. I posted this on TikTok this week, kind of breaking down everything because people have asked me, since this lawsuit that involves Juan Dixon and his basketball team and his coach, since all this came out, I've had multiple people asking me to talk about it and it was one of those things i kind of wanted to wait a little bit i wanted to get more information i wanted to do a little bit more digging and i did that this week and i posted about it on tiktok ultimately (laughs) it ended up being a video that i had to turn comments off of when i get a video that gets a lot of comments or a lot of people arguing or trying to say, like twist my words, my brain cannot shut off of it. I have to constantly be checking. I am just the nature where I feel like I need to continuously defend myself. It just, in in 24 hours, it blew up and I could not handle it. So I had to shut off comments. So in 2023, I'm normalizing just shutting off comments for our own mental health, okay? Number one, here's the story, and this is wild, As we all know, Juan is the head coach of a basketball team at Coppin State University. Now, back in between 2018, 2019, I believe, and through somewhere between 2018 to 2020, I can't remember the exact years, he had a player named Williams. And Williams started receiving messages from a woman online that was supposedly... Someone who he had a previous relationship with. During that period of time, there were photos that were sent by him to this woman. And these are graphic photos, you know, sexual of nature. He continued sending photos. Then it came to a point where the person said, you need to keep sending these or I'm going to leak them on the internet. So he obliged. He continued to do them. This continued for quite some time. And the reason that he kept sending them is because as a player who is on scholarship, His room and board is paid for. His tuition is paid for. There are rules that you must follow. You have to get a certain grade point average. You have to uphold a uh, moral ethics of some of sorts. Obviously, these photos would not follow those moral ethics, that code. As a student-athlete, you have to follow the code or you are going to lose everything. So he was in fear of losing his scholarship, so he continued to send the photos. Over a course of time, the assistant head coach, whose name is Brownlee, came to him and said, hey, I think that I am being catfished by the same woman that you are. They, he, the, Brownlee begins to tell him the story and William's like, yep, I'm getting the same messages. So now it's gotten to the point where we are no longer having a consensual relationship and sending these photos. He is being blackmailed and catfished by someone online, allegedly. The coach then goes to William, says, I'm being catfished as well, and I was told that to keep my job and for you to keep your scholarship, we need to engage in photos together. We need to engage in oral sex, record it, take photos, and send them. I'm sure that there was a period of time where this was argued and back and forth, along with the person that was messaging and the person that was catfishing, ultimately to save his scholarship... To protect the assistant head coach, he agreed. And they had photos. They were sent to the person. Now, multiple times, Williams then goes on to say, I don't wanna do this anymore. I'm not sending you any. At the end, photos were leaked. And this was a period of time, again, over a couple of years. It seemed as though every time the basketball season ended, the messages would stop for a while. And then when school would begin again, and practice would begin again, that's when the message would start again. And all these things are what I've read in the actual lawsuit. So when this was the problem that I had on TikTok of trying to portray or you know relay this story in a matter of three minutes or less, everything is coming from the lawsuit. So whether or not all of this is true, we can't say for sure, but it is in the lawsuit. The photos were ultimately leaked on Instagram. After that Juan Dixon, here's where he kind of comes in, which I'm going to backtrack again because he was involved previously as well. Juan tells Williams, you need to come to practice. Now, this, this man is being catfished. He has engaged in sexual activities against his will, and now it's being leaked to the public, and Juan's first response is, you need to come to practice tomorrow. Now, the only thing that is unclear because it is not listed in the complaint, it is just listed something like it is our belief, is that Brownlee, the assistant coach, is actually the one that was catfishing him. So that's where this gets just insanely wild. That's where everything just takes a flip. And again, it's not in the lawsuit. It's not written. It is just, it says, it is our belief that it was Brownlee that was the catfish, So when Williams goes to Juan and has this sit down with him at practice the next day, he tells them with his father present, The Williams' father is also present, he tells him that he believes that it is Brownlee that is the one that is catfishing him. And Juan's response is, I know that he has some sort of mental illness and that he's had issues in the past. Now, we don't know what that actually means. We don't know what Juan meant by that. We don't know what Juan knew about that. But he does make the statement in that meeting and then again on the phone later with his father and brother present on speakerphone, again saying, I know he's had erratic behaviors. I know of his past. TikTok really hated me for that. And I think it's been very clear. Anyone that has followed me, how I feel about mental illness, I've shared many times my story, my story of losing my brother. It was never meant to be, oh, someone with mental illness cannot be hired. But what his statement saying, if there was some sort of mental illness that led him to catfish, if there was some sort of erratic behaviors that involved issues like this in the past, and Juan knew about that, and hired him to be a player development head, he is negligent for allowing him to be in a place where he could put this coach that closely with student-athletes. And also, about a year prior, I believe it was, Rather than Williams admitting to his parents of what was actually going on, he told his parents he wanted to transfer schools, he wanted out of the program, because there was too much drug use amongst the players. This was his way to not admit what had been going on, because I'm sure he states in the complaint that he was depressed, that he was suicidal, that he was going through a lot, obviously. Obviously, and he was too ashamed to tell his parents what was actually going on. When he told his dad he wanted to transfer because of the drug use, they had a phone call with one Dixon and Juan's response was, I cannot be held responsible for the drug use among my players. So one has already said, I you know admitted of sorts that he knows about drug use amongst his players and he can't do anything about it, and then admits that he knew that there may be some reason why this could have been Brownlee catfishing him and led him to this situation. Those are admissions of sort allegedly that could put him in a position of negligence then once it actually all comes out and he tells Juan about it. Williams himself had to make the request for the school to do an investigation and when they brought their attorneys in they basically made him berated him as a victim and started asking about all of his sexual past and things that could lead up to this and why he was sending them rather than looking into the actual investigation of what was going on ultimately Williams still lost his scholarship was taken out of the program And he is now at a different school playing somewhere else. So now in November is when the lawsuit comes out because all the things that he was trying to protect, he ended up losing. The perpetrator allegedly is the assistant coach who was also the head of player development. That is Brownlee. He is the one that is allegedly the catfisher, the one that was asking for the photos, the one that leaked the photos, the one that essentially set up the sexual encounter between the two. Again, we don't know why it doesn't state in the complaint. But the reason that Juan Dixon is also negligent in this is because, as a coach, along with the school and the athletic department, who are also named in the complaint, he has a responsibility to provide a safe environment for his parents, or players. He is a mandated reporter. When something comes, he has to be the one to do the full investigation, to listen to his players to do the investigation, to do everything he can to support his players and create a safe environment. And what we are getting from the complaint, what we know from William's story, it does not seem as though one actually did that. So where this goes, we don't know. Um, I'm assuming that it will probably be asked on the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion, which Robin will probably say, I can't talk about it you know, we, we know how that goes, but the lawsuit was filed in November. And since that happened, there has been no further response. I don't believe yet from the defense, and I haven't seen any statement come from Juan Dixon. I don't believe that there have been any criminal charges filed against Brownlee yet at this point. And I'm sure they're doing a much larger investigation. When this all, this whole puzzle kind of pieces together, I feel like it is a similar story of what happened at Penn State, and we are going to start getting an investigation of – how do we know that Brownlee is the person that was catfishing? Had he done this to other players? Did Juan know? If so, how long did Juan know? Did he try to cover it up? Ultimately, I feel like this is going to culminate in Juan losing his position as head coach. And then the question then becomes, okay, so then what happens with Juan and Robin? You know, and I am assuming that all of that will then unfold somehow. Will it take Robin out of Real Housewives, will she have to stay in for monetary reasons? I guess we will have to see how that plays out in the future. Overall, it's been a very quiet week when it comes to Real Housewives. And everything has been on pause this week due to the holidays. And it's fairly excruciating because we still don't know what happened to Heather's eye. Nor will we probably ever know when it comes down to the whole thing. Potomac was not new and I actually haven't looked to see if Miami released their episode, but I'm assuming that they probably held off as well. Are getting closer to the filming resuming of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And there is a rumor mill that is going around about casting. I actually posted on TikTok a whole roundup of things that I thought were quite entertaining as far as rumors go because i refuse to put that much energy into any of these casting rumors until they are brought to light until there are contracts signed until we actually know who is in and who is out this week there were a lot of people that were really mad at crystal on in on the internet because she shared a photo of with diana jenkins and they were Just berating her for being fake and for not supporting her friend Garcelle. And I think it's interesting because people almost feel like they want to die on a certain hill. Now, there's no question in my mind that Diana is not coming back. She skipped the reunion. She did. And that's like the biggest no-no that you can make in Real Housewives. They pretty much cut you off after that. And she can use the excuse of covid but we all know it was, you know, a bold-faced lie. There were pictures of her at an aquarium, for Christ's sake. Like, you didn't have COVID. But everyone was really mad at Crystal. And I think it's just interesting because if you recall back to the very first episode that Diana made an appearance on Beverly Hills this season... Crystal is the one that says, we have known each other for a very long time. We've been friends for a very long time. And yet everyone just jumps into this. Why are you not supporting Garcelle? What if she bought the bots? What if blah, 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 blah. I still, I just don't believe that Diana actually bought these bots. If anyone did, I honestly feel like it was Lisa Rinna. That's just my opinion on it and it always has been. But we have to remember like these women do have relationships and they are friends. And just because something happens on a television show, you're not seeing the whole thing, right? You're just not seeing it. Some of my favorite rumors though for the upcoming uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast. Um, of course, we have Erica and Rinna, and I don't know whether they are just trolling everyone and enjoying it, but they've both posted, like Rina posted getting this jacket from Andy for Christmas. Uh, you know, they're always sharing, like, the bitches are back, they're in. They may be. I think they are honestly the only ones of Rumorville that I would agree would be involved. However, Twitter seems to feel that Paris Hilton's big announcement is going to be that she is coming on Beverly Hills, uh, Trisha Paytas sat, was shared because she said she had an announcement, which she absolutely trolled them and was like, yep, it's true. I am. And here are my taglines. Um, who else do we have? Oh, Brandy Glanville on Christmas posted, I love this gift. And it was her opening her hand to a diamond. And then the next day tweets, oh, you guys are so funny for sending me all those videos. I honestly have no idea, but thank you for supporting me. Like, Brandy, you knew what you were doing. Come on. But when I think about the rumors about Paris Hilton, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I've been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks. And I started to do a little dive into the ages of the women across all franchises. And I think that people are really angry about the Roni reboot I don't particularly have a feeling one way or another. I don't think that, you know, our favorites like Luann or Sonia are ever actually going to go anywhere. They have their own show coming. We supposedly have the Rony Legacy coming. I don't think the the favorites, the old school favorites are ever really going to go anywhere. I feel like they should evolve and shift, but as far as just being done with Bravo, I I don't see that happening unless they decide on their own accord. But I just really don't hate the Roni reboot because you're bringing in women that are a bit younger, that are fresh faces, and it's going to be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like every single franchise could do very well doing something similar. Let's use Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as an example. They brought in Crystal two seasons ago, and Crystal is 20 years younger. I looked, and Brandy Glanville is 50 Um, Lisa Rinna, I believe it said was 59. How long are we going to watch women in their late 50s and 60s argue and fight with one another? And Roni tried to do it bringing Tinsley in and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tried to do it or did it with bringing Crystal in. These are younger women that just don't fit. With the older women, they're at different times of their lives. They are focused on different things. In my opinion, they tend to be looked down on and made fun of and berated for being so young. I mean, some of them are 20 years younger than these women. So at what point are all franchises going to have to make the decision to do something like this Roni reboot. And maybe Roni is this way of experimenting. And again, I don't think that any of these OGs are going to go anywhere. I I think that they will always have a place. You know, maybe it's just Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Maybe it's that, some way to keep them involved. But how long can we continue to make a franchise that involves women at 60 years old yelling and fighting with one another? I just, I don't see the enjoyment in that. I want to see younger, fresh faces. Two of my favorite people on Potomac are Ashley and Candace. And I've said it before. I wish that they would just be like the best of friends because they're young and they have a lot in common. They are at similar places in their lives, but they're not in with the other group in a way that they are in the same places of their lives. They get along with them very well and they have good relationships. At some point, and I know this is gonna be an unpopular opinion. That's why I don't put it on TikTok. <laughs> That's why I'd say for you here on the podcast, because I know that it will not be well received. But I really do think that this Roni reboot is an experiment for Bravo to see what happens when they get younger people in and what happens to the viewership and are people going to enjoy them more. I'm 37 years old. Like I want to see people my age scream at each other. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I just, it's something that has been on my mind and I would be curious if you want to send me a DM or anything on Instagram, I'd be curious to see what you think about this because... I really do feel like the future of Bravo and Housewives has to do something. All right. I've talked enough about Housewives in this episode. I honestly did not think that I was going to have that much to talk about, but (laughs) apparently I just went on a little rant. So let's get into some top things that happened in 2022 to close out this last show. Full transparency here, while I was getting myself ready and taking notes on everything else, I actually had my 13-year-old daughter do the research for me, put these things together. So they're not in any sort of order. <laughs> I was hoping that maybe she would put a little bit more effort in and you know, kind of chronologically sort them out for me, but she didn't. So thank you. I told her I would give her props on the pod. Uh, thank you to my daughter who gave me some headlines and things that happened fail on putting him in chronological order. So it's going to jump around a lot, but I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of these things are things that you may have forgotten about because I for surely did. Something that I feel began around the time of the Oscars, but seemed as though it continued for months on end was all of the drama surrounding Don't Worry, Darling. I still have not watched this movie. I'm one of those people that I can watch hours of binging of Real Housewives or a series on Netflix of that sort, but give me a movie and I'm just like, nah, I don't want to sit here. Um, It is on my list. It is absolutely on my list, but I've still not watched it. Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis had served her while she was on stage speaking with The Divorce Papers, there was the rumors uh that the nanny put out that she was cheating and that he was absolutely melting down then we find out that she has a relationship with Harry Styles and you know everything was all Harry Styles I feel all year long I personally don't care for him so don't come for me but I don't there was supposedly a relationship between Florence and Harry and it, the whole thing and then Shia LaBeouf like the The drama outside of the movie was bigger than I think the movie actually did. But it's still one of those things, like, do we look at it as though it was a PR? Because obviously it got people talking in so many different ways. Drama surrounding was honestly, I think, bigger than the actual movie itself. Speaking of the Oscars, we had the moment where Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face on stage, on air, for disrespecting his wife. Now, I will say, I honestly, I don't condone physical violence, but I do understand and appreciate that the man was standing up for his wife. Those two have had a very long relationship. They've had a very complicated up and down relationship, but they do seem to me as though they have always been very open with one another, open with the public. That moment, it kind of put him into hiding for the entire year. And now I feel like we are just now starting to see where he's kind of coming out of the woodwork. That I feel to him was just a really shameful place that he put himself into and kind of had to work through that. Speaking of relationships, we have the Benifer wedding. In what world did I ever think in 2022 would we see a reunion of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck coming together and getting married? If you would have told me that five years ago, I would never have believed a single single word of that. She is now coming out with a new album that will kind of be the one. She said her one album was a love letter to him when they were together and she's coming out with a new one. What is it like 20 years later now? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I was here for it back then and I'm here for it now. We had Netflix dramas, half truth, half drama documentaries that kind of put us all over the edge. My all-time favorite was Inventing Anna, which was a fictional based off of a true story. We also had the Tinder swindler. I feel like inventing Anna really put people on a who's right and who's wrong, like who believes her and who thinks that she's a criminal and who isn't. I personally always felt like she was just a genius, not in a way like the Tinder swindler who was forthright in stealing people's money. I mean, this Anna Delvey was simply a woman that is simply she's out now. She's she is on house arrest. She's out. But I just felt like she was a woman who had a plan, a master plan to build an empire. And it was just people kept giving her money, like banks. And not that she was swindling anyone, more that she, you know, she said, Hey, I've got this vision. Do you want to be an investor? And it was all happening. Now some of the people may not have been the best people to be giving her money, and I don't believe her friend Rachel's story at all because I feel like Rachel was fully benefiting off of her as well. I appreciated Inventing Anna, and it was kind of one of those things that you know really became a whole thing throughout the rest of the year because as she was in prison, then she started, she started selling NFTs. She started selling drawings. She made all this money. She was able to pay for her attorney to get her out while she goes through her ICE trial, And unfortunately for her, one of the conditions of her bond is that she cannot be on social media. So, which I think is kind of bullshit because the woman worked her ass off inside the way she worked her ass off outside to get herself out, to pay for herself, to make money, to pay. I think she had to put down like a certain amount of months of rent when she was let out. She did all of that. And now one of the conditions of her bond is that she can't be on social media, One that's the way she made the money to get out in the first place. So it has been a complete crickets on the Anna Delvey scene since she was let out due to her bond, but hopefully we will see more of her in 2023. In the spring, we had the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard case, and that is going to play a huge part for me because that's why I started this. That's where I began was covering that trial. So for me, it's a really... It got me to here. It got me to where I am now. And it was never meant to be just for clout on that. I felt like it was the first time that we really saw this all play out in real time and kind of get behind the scenes of things that are happening in Hollywood, things that happen with contracts. You know, financially, there were a lot of witnesses of that sort and kind of a peek into. The legal system and seeing things happen in real time but for me it is something that will always play a part in my life and a memory for me elon musk eventually buys twitter and pretty much breaks twitter in every possible way that he actually can we had taylor swift breaking ticketmaster and breaking all of the records and then we have rumors of adam levine breaking his marital marital vows so there were a lot of breakups. There were a lot of things that happened. Uh, speaking of breakups, we have Pete Davidson, who is started his year off with, in a relationship with Kim Kardashian <laughs> and has pretty much just you know landed all of the big moments. We had Kim Kardashian, who was accused of breaking the Marilyn Monroe dress at the Met Gala. And then we have Balenciaga, who quite literally breaks the internet by posting disgusting pictures that are looking like they are supporting child pornography. And that one I am all for breaking the internet for because we needed to be speaking out about such things. I do think that we're finding that people are leaning less to listening to the mainstream media, especially when it comes to rumors and gossip sites. Like page six is one of my favorite things to follow, but then also to find the most ridiculous headlines on. Uh, When there were things about the Lizzie Savatsky who was leaving the Rony reboot pretty much before it even started, their headlines and their stories were not what was really happening. And it all kind of had to play out. People argued with me. People thought about, about it with me. We see mainstream media sharing things that, on um, you know, all these, all, like the Johnny Depp trial, for example, and the way that Britney Spears is portrayed. I think we're finally coming to a place where we are seeing that many things are creative marketing, Rather than true headlines, and knowing that maybe in 2023, we are going to step into I don't want to say like TikTok journalism or you know, social media journalism, understanding that there are people that are doing some deeper dives and deeper work into things that maybe those headlines we're now seeing are more for clickbait than anything. And speaking of Britney, she has had a hell of a year, she has legally been released from her conservatorship but her Instagram her social media really has fans wondering if she is truly free. she got married to Sam iscari in 2022 in a very odd odd attendance of weddings her ex Jason who was her you know like high school love was arrested trying to break in to quote save her. I think we're going to see a lot more of this unfold. Just the other day, she had a post of her and Sam at their wedding dancing, and it seems as though the caption is giving cryptic little pieces of this is not real, and it was made up, and maybe there's more things to come. I honestly feel like maybe she is just still so traumatized from what she's been through. Mentally, she has to work through it in a different way. But it makes you wonder, like, is she in a place where she is now just leaving little clues over time to tell the real story? It was a big year for her. And it's now going to be, has it all been fake? Has it all been real? Has it just been a series of chaos that is someone that is deeply traumatized trying to work through? We don't know and quite frankly some of the conspiracy theories really get me sometimes and and make me really feel for her because if she's reading all of these things i my heart absolutely breaks for her i know that people are doing it out of support and compassion but yet like we've got to we've got to let it play out i think The only question that I've ever had as far as a conspiracy just continues with her previous manager, Lou Taylor, who has been allegedly linked to Kanye as well. And we've seen what's happened with Kanye this year. It has been just one thing after another with Kanye West. I truly don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it is just him now finally coming out of his shell and saying all the things that he's always wanted to or if he is having a mental break of some sort. I don't know. I, I'm i not going to speculate on that. But what I do know is that this man made great music for a very long time and it is extremely disheartening to watch it all collapse and watch him burn it all to the ground and become just this person that ha- that seems like he has so much hate in his heart that he just continues to put it out, continues to berate people and treat people in such a horrific way. 2022 was also a year of loss, as it always is, but to end the longest reign of a monarch queen elizabeth did pass this summer there were the surprising and shocking deaths of bob saget and takeoff as well as the tragic tragic loss of twitch the death of foo fighters drummer taylor hawkins and the beloved leslie jordan I don't name these ones to minimize any other losses. These were, for me, the ones that just really stood out and hit me in a certain way. Of course, I send love to all of those friends and families of everyone that was lost. With death, there is always life. And Nick Cannon has gone above and beyond the expectations of creating life in 2022. Today, as I was recording this, actually the announcement of his 12th twelfth child being born came out. I am not even sure how many that makes for the entire year. <laughs> I do believe there were maybe four or five, maybe even more alone just this year. I-, I don't know. What I do know is that he has done his part in 2022, welcoming his 12th child to continue the human race. Congratulations to Nick Cannon on another child. Overall, there are probably so many other things that I could mention that happened. I can only do this podcast for so long. I would love to hear what your most memorable pop culture Real Housewives moments are. You can go to my Instagram and send me a DM or tag me In your stories, I would love to hear them and discuss with you. With that, I'm going to sign off of this episode of the final episode of 2022. This year has been a whirlwind for me. I did not expect in January, as I was still taking on nutrition clients, (laughs) I would be talking about gossip and entertainment and pop culture in December. To me, it's just, it's always been there. I think it's always been, you know, ingrained in me and it's always been something I've wanted to do, but never took the leap. And here we are. The fact that we are doing this and building this together to close out 2022 is just I have so much gratitude for it, so much gratitude. I am truly looking forward to what's to come next year. I hope that you will be on this journey with me and you will help me grow and you will support me <laughs> and listen, follow the show, leave rates and reviews, share with your friends because this is truly a passion project for me that has just continued to grow this year. And I am I cannot... I'm going to say it again, but I just, I cannot express to you the gratitude that I have because without you, I would not be doing this. I hope that you have a wonderful new year, no matter what you have planned. If you're having dinner and drinks on a champagne toast at midnight, or you will be on your couch like I will watching Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper probably break the rules and still drink on air, even though they were told that they are not allowed. (laughs) Have a wonderful new year and I'll talk to you in 2023.